Alright, what's up, y'all? We on Bring the Smoke, my dude C. Porter over here, CIA. We can't release his first name for government security. But anyway, we're going to have a good time, man. Man, just go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Straight from Carolina, baby. Yeah, what's up? I, I, I'm C. Porter uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm, I'm happy to be here with you. Uh, it's, it's, a great, it's a great honor to, to hang out uh, with Max, Dr. Willie Maxwell, I'm, I'm honored. Man, first of all, man, thank you for coming through, man. I met this uh, this dude at Edu's um, Ambassadors, man. You know, they finally let me in the group, man. I guess they, <clears throat> they put me in the teeth and said, maybe he can teach all right, so we'll let him in. You know, I, kept, I sent my stuff in, man. I guess it didn't go all the way through the first time, you know what I'm saying? But they let me in, so it was, it was nice to be around and fellowship with, with like-minded people that's still different, you know, because you can't be the same. But you still gotta be like-minded, cause to be in a in a to be in a place where you can tell people really celebrating you, and not just saying it and hating. Right. Cause like, cause you, when you when you're around gifted people, man, like a gifted person has to be around another gifted person. If you're not, people be hating. They be they don't really be cheering for you. They they really wait on you to fall. You know what I'm saying? But to be around other gifted people, man. So, you know, I taught, you know, it was great, man. They said I did good and this joker came and killed it. Then Beavers came and killed it. It was like, dude, I thought I was a man for a minute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the thing about it was everybody was celebrating each other. It wasn't, I mean, you could say it was kind of competitive, but it really wasn't, man, because everybody just wanted everybody to do good. We wanted to learn and glean from each other. So, you up here now, Beavers going to be up here uh, in December to help me with the membership, man. Yeah, talk to him. He's excited to come, man. But I mean, you did an outstanding job in your presentation about about vision. I actually been repeating one of the things you said. I I, I learned uh, over time that if you remember it, you're supposed to absorb it. Yeah. So the thing that I remember uh, was when you said your vision dictates your yeses and your noes all day. All your day. vision dictates yes. it, and as a pastor and a leader. You know, I was like, well, is my vision clear enough? I started questioning myself per what you said. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, you know, once people grasp that and understand that, it, it, it can be it can be life changing. And so, you know, in the assembly, I'm grateful to serve beside Dr. Smith and Pastor Heron in, in the capacity of overseer. It's to make sure that we have a safe place for gifted people, safe a safe place for like-minded global leaders, which you are, and uh, I'm grateful that you're a part of the team. Yeah, man, me too, man. So, man, I don't know if I should. So I'm scared if I bring up something. I'm gonna have to hold it in December, so I'm gonna leave it alone, man. But y'all just be looking for this dude book coming out soon, man. That title is flipping fire, man. <laughs> but you know, sometimes preachers listen to this, and then you know they'll try to beat somebody to their own punch. So we gonna leave it alone. But just know he got a book coming out. It's going to hit in December, and he definitely going to come tour through New Beast Grove, man. And we're connected to some churches over here, too, man. It's crazy I can work for other people more than I can work for myself. Like, I ain't even connected myself my own stuff. But, nah, man, we, we got to do that because that title was crazy fire, man. Thank you. And I believe because your transparency, man, like, when you talk, dude, man, you had people in there crying. <laughs> Hey man, you you had people move, man, yeah. because of the transparency, man. So, what just makes you that calm? I know it was in there with preachers, so you might not want to bring it out on bring the smoke, but man, because some people ain't gonna tell their story, like right, that, man. right. Like, what made you bold enough to tell the story? 
well, people be judging you. Like, we can say, oh, I know I sin, but then when you bring up specific stuff or your specific fall, man, it's just more vulnerable. Sometimes. Well, I, I made a decision. I made a decision sometime back that I wanted to be a better person. And I think when you decide to be a better person, uh, it covers so many different bases. I, after my divorce, I didn't, I didn't say I wanted to be a better father. I knew if I become a better person, I'd become a better father, a better leader. So me being transparent, being able to share what I've been through, uh, it's life-changing because I, I do get people who sit back and say, you know what, that was my story. No one knows. I've never shared it, but that's what I went through. Wow. That's what I was dealing with. And I thank you for your bravery just to share your story. I didn't share intimate details. I just shared the fact that I've been through this and I survived. And, and most people don't want to share that because, you know, um, they say open confession is good for the soldiers, bad for the reputation. But I just believe that for me, if I want to see other people grow and develop, I understand the process. I understand what it takes to grow and develop. And that's what I've been doing in my own incubator. I've been trying to be better as it pertains to who I am as a person, not a pastor, not a preacher, not this, not that, but just me. And sometimes you just have to take a moment and step back and say, okay, if I share this, you know, will it help? You know, and it, it's it's like there it's like therapy. And when I hear people respond back, they be like, "Yo, I needed that." Even after we left Max, I got I got messages. Hey man, thank you for sharing that, man. I, I'm trying to be a safe place with my daughter. I'm trying to do this at my church. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just trying to be better, and that's encouraging. Even though I took the risk of sharing my story about just going through life yeah. and it's not perfect for everybody it's it's, it's I, I would have loved for to have the the picture perfect huxtable story but i don't have that don't worry about it because huxtable had the perfect story I, but I'm, talking, I'm talking about the show i'm talking about the show i'm just saying it's funny about the mirror, you know what I'm saying? About the show. you could have had it all right you know what i'm saying <laughs> right right <laughs> But then that was make believe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because make believe leads to unbelief. Yeah, exactly, man. Hey, hey, I don't want to be nothing. I'm not. Superman can't walk. Bill Cosby got messed up. Heathcliff was perfect, and then Cosby wasn't. So you know right. what? I'm just gonna play. I'm gonna be like Charlie Sheen. Just play <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Just like I'm gonna play who I am. You know right. What I'm right. <laughs> but anyway, man. Seriously though, man. That 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 was. That was that was awesome, man. You just sharing that story, man. You going through, sharing how people were trying to judge you and things of that nature. But I think, man, dude, when you said that, man, dude, I'm gonna let you finish it because I know I ain't saying it exactly the way you said it. But what got me when you were speaking, you said when he said he's gonna build this rock upon this church. I'm gonna build my church upon this rock, call yeah. it Peter the Rock, and you like, dude. What he's saying is your personality, you ain't going to mess it up. He going to build it on you. He build his relationship on people. But even your mess not going to mess it up. He's still going to use you even though you messed up, man. I don't know. You said something like that, man. No, you hit it. You hit it. And, for you, and for you to remember it make, make, makes me. Makes dude, me man. Like I, I said, so. dude, I listen, man. I listen. If you like, dude, if I hear you speak and I call you, I heard something. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Like. That was that most time like, hey, Johnny, can so and so preach? <laughs> I ain't had to ask, man. I was there, man, and it, 
it moves people, man. And that's what people need, man. Because the thing about it, you got to hit, you got to hit them in their mind. You got to teach them something intellectually. You got to hit them spiritually to uplift them. But then you still got to hit their emotions. Right. You hit all of it. And you didn't do it because, you know, in preaching, they tell you to start off low and slow mm -hmm. and keep going and build up. Like, at the end, you just do the emotion. But you really got to be an EKG machine, man. Mm -hmm. People ain't going to follow you. If you just, you know, like, man, I'm ready to go home. What this dude talking about? But I'm telling you, man, it was, it was masterful, man. And I know it healed people. And I know 8 o'clock when I was there this morning, I know they was happy. And then 11 o'clock. You know, they definitely was sending positive messages. They only my people send it when they're extremely bad or they're extremely good. Anything in the middle, I don't get no messages. <laughs> so you're extremely good because they say, "Oh, he was good." Now you're extremely bad, they're like pastor. Don't don't bring them back. Like they tell you, they, you know, they straight up tell me. So I, I might have made the cut. Oh no, you did, man. They, they, it, it it's like, man, especially when you when you transparent and authentic, man. It's like a lot of people try to get up and not be the authentic right. self. We not your authentic self. People know that, whether they know they know or not, they know it by even though they don't know that they do know. If you're not authentic, they ain't gonna listen. Right? You can be killing it, man, but you ain't making no sense. It was crazy, man. This preacher, I used to listen to him all the time. He preach about this one thing, and it's like anytime he got to it, I couldn't hear him. I can hear him because I struggled with it, and I couldn't hear him because he struggled. With it. He kept trying like he was perfect. Then the scandal came out. I was like, oh no, when I couldn't hear him, right. I couldn't hear him because he ain't one saying I'm weak in this, and then he just he just teaching. But I couldn't hear him because he was acting like he had it together. Right. For you to get up and, and then you say you didn't have it together. And even though you preaching it, I could hear it because you was authentic. You right. didn't sit up there and try to act like, oh, I'm just perfect, dude. You got there and so you showed them the flaws. Like I, I, I told him and one time I went to buy this, this jacket, man. You know, I was making money with real estate. You know, I'm young. I'm just not making it. But I still had that. Let's make a deal. <laughs> so I go and I see this Remy jacket. And I'm like, man, ooh, we, it's dope, but. See the little flaws in it, and then I asked the dude, "Hey man, can I get a discount?" The dude said, "You may not." And I'm like, "What? Hold on, him downstairs, you know." Right. I know he wants a million cookies. But <laughs> right. I was like, you know, chill. But he said, he said no. I said, well, why? The man's flaw. He said, the flaws let you know it's genuine leather. If there is no flaws, you know it's not genuine leather. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's fake. Mm -hmm. It's synthetic. And I was like, wow. He was like, when you see the flaws. That's what lets you know it's genuine leather. Right. Like, dude, it came from a cow. Right. If it don't have some type of blemish in it, if it don't have something, right. it ain't real. Right. I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's like when your flaws, your flaws would make you authentic. Your flaws would draw people to you. Because until she broke the alabaster box, she couldn't witness. Because you got to be broken because the anointing flows up out of you like rivers of living water. It comes out the cracks and crevices of your life. And when you act like you so whole, you ain't broken nowhere. You can't really reach nobody. No, you 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 can't. You can't. And I and I believe, you know, I, I told my church, flawed I am, perfect I'm not. Mm. That's 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 my story, and I'm gonna stick to it. I'm I'm not trying to be perfect because trying to be perfect will cause you to lose your mind because we don't have the ability to do it. But if I can be honest and I can be open. And I can be transparent. You know, that's one of the things that I learned from Jesus when he was dealing with Peter in Matthew 16. <clears throat> when Peter told him, he said, listen, you ain't got to go do this. And then Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, Jesus was relational. 
He was a relational. He was transparent. He was approachable. Yeah. You know, and he had to deal with things and he didn't deal with them by being combative. He confronted the issues. And, you know, just kind of thinking about that, I said, you know what? I need to learn to be relational, not just with people, but with myself. I need to have a positive relationship with me. So, you know, as a father of three, I have a 17 year old son. He's graduating from high school next year, um, a 13 year old daughter and 11 year old son. OK, they're in a, a, a divorced uh, family. OK, so their mother and I, we don't have any issues with each other, made a decision to be good parents to our children. So they say, okay, you come from a broken home. Your kids are going to do A, B, C, and D. Who's the they? Who's the they? You have to make a decision that, hey, you can normalize being healthy even though it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn out. Yeah. And so my kids are excelling. You know, I pick my kids up every week. That's why, you know, I had to get in here last night because I was at a football game with my son. You know, they got blown out, but at least I was in the stands. Right, exactly. You were there. I was there. I made the sacrifice, yes. you know, to, to, to be there. And I think when we just just become honest with ourselves, say, okay, hey, God knew. God knew every flaw I would make, everything that I would do, he knew. I, I, have, to, I have to remind myself that he's actually God. Yeah. He knows the end from the beginning. So he knows every step that I'm going to take, every mistake I'm going to make. So if I can embrace the fact that he knows, that means I can do my best to move forward through my struggle and through my mess. So that's how, you know, I'm able wow. to actually share with people. Ooh, that's wild because if you look at it from the perspective of God. God, you heard that, child. He already know you messed up. He knew. For you in your mother's womb, he already knew who you were. And he knew you was going to mess up. He knew when you was going to fall. And I think a lot of times we had that guilt. And we sit up there and we feel bad. But the thing about it is, if we can just tell the truth, we'll get healed quicker. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because God know we flawed. He know the spirit is willing, but he knows the flesh is weak. He never would have went to the cross if we could have done it on our own. I mean, he tried, you know, Abraham. He killed lion. Moses, you know, joke of killing folk. Exactly. You know? <laughs> they're going David you know messing with all the women it, it's, it's you know Noah kept drinking and all of them had flaws yet God continued to use them the, the Bible says upon this rock you tell me or show me a perfect rock that has not been manipulated by man you go outside wherever you are wherever you watching us you go outside and you just pick up a rock off the ground you tell me if it's perfect you're not going to find a perfect rock unless it's been manipulated by man. You exegeted that, son. Ain't no perfect rock. They all shape different. All shape differently. Unless it's manipulated and they get out of here. Or if it's in the water for a long time. Yeah. So when you understand that, <laughs> you embrace that. He says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church on a crooked messed up rock exactly and all i need you to do is to confess me on a flawed messed up rock i'm um, confess me if you just confess me i'm not looking for you to be perfect in the context you get everything right i'm just looking for you to be whole i'm just looking for you to be complete so you can be whole 
yet still fall. Man, listen. You know there's mathematics in the Bible, right? Yeah. The Bible says, and two shall become one. You give me the mathematical equation for two becoming one. It's one. not one plus two. It's not one plus one. One plus one equals two. Yeah. The mathematical equation for wholeness is one times one. Wow. One times one equals one. And two wholes become one. When you multiply, what did he tell us? The first commandment is be fruitful and multiply. And multiply. So when we understand that, it, it changes our dynamic. If I can be whole, that means if I can be honest, I can come before the Lord naked and unashamed and say, this is where I am. You talked about vision. This is where I want to go. What do I need to do to get here? I need to embrace that you knew that I would be in this place. Now, how do I progress from here? That's what got me through everything. You knew I would go through this. People would talk about me. People would leave. People would make up stuff that wasn't true. But how do I go from here? Dude, I struggle with pastoring, man. I'd be like, I look at myself and be like, man, how in the world I'm pastoring? Why in the world he keep calling me to do this? I don't want to do this because I just can't get it right. So, I mean, even with me, I'm like, I'm sitting up here, I preach. People get saved. We 100, 200 people get saved every year throughout church. You know, it grows. We got, you know, 1,500 or so members, you know, all of them don't come on a Sunday, but, of course, you know, they come here and there, and, you know, it's 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 amazing how God say, I'm going to only rock, I'm going to build my church, but then in our flawed nature, we like, okay, God called us, but I don't really deserve this. Right. So is that humility or is it arrogance? Is it humility because you feel like you don't deserve it, but is it arrogance saying, even though God said it's good, I don't know if it's good. I, I, I think it's more. I think it's more arrogance because I don't think we've been uh, taught what humility really is. Now, if we understand humility in the context of okay, well, you you believe this about yourself. No, I have to honor God for what He's given me. I'm humble enough to honor Him for what He's blessed me with, my ability to think, my ability to lead. I didn't get that from school that's a gift from god am i humble enough to use it but you know what's so wild when i think about it, it just clicked to me you know humble and i say this all the time but because i'm talking about myself i got away from it <laughs> humility humble in the greek means to be submitted to god right that's all it means so it's like if you submitted to god even though you flawed even though you messed up he gonna he gonna he gonna still make it right but you just gotta confess like you said, confess your sins one to another. You can't confess to everybody. Now. Right. Everybody don't need to know all your business. Definitely not. You need to have somebody you can hold yourself that can hold you accountable. You need to have a Nathan in your life that can say, hey, man, hey, girl, what you doing? You need to get this together. And you need to stop doing this. You understand? Exactly. But at the end of the day, even though you flaw, God still want to use you. So so is that is that false humility or arrogance or whatever we want to call it? How many people are missing not doing what they're supposed to do? Because when they fall, they feel like they shouldn't do it no more. Right. And it's some, I think sometimes it's self-righteousness. Ooh, help me, Reverend. I, I think sometimes we just think so highly of ourselves that we can't even confront the fact that we have a God that really loves us. When was the last time we actually embraced the love of God? Really just thought about that he actually really loves me. He loves me. He loved me enough to wake me up. Not only did he love me enough to wake me up, he loved me enough to look beyond my faults. 
and still meet my needs. That's how much he loved us. We don't talk about the love of God because sometimes, you guys, we end up we, we end up in one-sided relationships. And no one wants to be in a one-sided relationship. But because we don't understand the love of God, we don't know how to embrace the love of God, that he actually loves me. And most people just want to be loved. They want to be respected. They want to be valued. And God said, I do all of that for you. And I need you to embrace that. That's why I need you to come to me. Confess your sins. Repent. I'm there for you. And I want you to keep going forward. How much time do we really have? We don't have that much time. I'm grateful to be spending this time with you. I'm grateful that you took the time out of your schedule to to have us here in this in this space. But we have to learn to value time a little better. And what 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 has God done for us? How has he blessed us to come to him? Say God, forgive me. I want to do this. You know, you talked about vision so profoundly and powerfully at uh the assembly that you know it it made me rethink some things you know can i do this and god says yes but the real question is will i do it that's up to me Mm. he gave me the ability now the question falls back on me will i do it wow will i do it man you making me think man i'm getting counsel on my own show i'm really trying to I ain't thinking about y'all right now. I'm thinking about myself. Man, uh-huh. so let's keep it one hundred, man. It's it's, dude. That's 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 crazy because what you just said earlier, when we first started talking, basically self righteousness, self righteousness. We so self righteous, we even judge ourselves, dude. That's what's so crazy. And even though you 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 feeling bad, you feeling bad because you judging yourself the same way somebody else judging you, right? But we so dead gonna self righteous, we judging ourselves, knowing we ain't gonna be able to do it. He said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. Now we shouldn't go around here just living our life any other no. way. Cause he said, My greatest efficient, we gotta keep trying and keep trying and, and, and try to get it right, man. But to say that's man, that's crazy, man. Yeah, because we, we, we do that. We don't know how we ask God. Now here this is this is this is how I think about it, Max. We ask God to forgive us, but we can't forgive ourselves. Right. Exactly. So that means you saying you above God. That's what we're saying. That's that's how that's how it actually plays out. Because he forgive you when you ask, and then you holding yourself. Still he says, you. "I will throw your sins as far as the east is from the west." That's so that means they never touch. Never. But you can't forgive yourself. Right. So so that lets me know that the conditioning in our society is entrenched. In the fibers of our DNA. Because we actually take what people say and actually place it like right beside what God says. But actually, it's a little higher because of the way we we move, what yeah. we say. Yeah, because the thing about it, people have been sitting the whole time, but then when they get caught, they're crying on TV. Right. Right, because and, now the public knows. So it's like we putting people above God. God been new. He God 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 is always known, and He's always faithful Dude, to crazy, forgive. Man, it's, it's, as a man or woman thinking, so if He and you keep thinking about sin, that's what you're gonna be. Right, but you in the in the, in the yeah, church I grew up, Max. I grew up in a sanctified church. They used to sing this song: "Elevate your mind, let's go higher." Do you know how challenging it is to elevate your mind when you've always been beat down? 
when you've always been beat down. I thought about this recently. If a person comes to church and I know all the hell that I've been through, all the challenges I've been through, they need to be encouraged. They need to be uplifted. They need to be inspired. They need to be inspired to believe that the God that we preach about is not in some cosmic space, but he's he's right here. He's right here. But if my mindset is I can't move forward because I did this, I can't even embrace God. I can't even embrace him because I, I don't even think that he cares enough. But he does. But because we've been conditioned to be conditioned. Just to, to think that we can't, man, growing up in church, we say, oh, I'm not worthy. He died on the cross. Why aren't you worthy? Because you messed up. He died for your past, present, and future sins all at one time. Wow. And we say, I'm not worthy. We are his most prized possession. And we talk about we're not worthy. Wow. But we say death and life is in the power of the tongue. Get out of here, man. So basically, what what he's trying to tell y'all is this. Jesus already did the work. And, you know, you need to embrace it and understand that he's forgiving you, even though you're going to mess up tomorrow. Because we're going to sin. We sin all the time. We're going to always fall short. And the thing about it is maybe the sins get smaller. He look at all of them the same. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they re- reduce. I always say this. You will never be sinless, but you should sin less. Exactly. And so as we continue to grow in him, his grace is sufficient, man. So whatever, even though Paul was so great, something he kept doing that he couldn't stop doing. Something just kept, he kept doing the same thing over and over again. You understand? He said he has it thrice, three times removed it. And God said, my grace is sufficient. So what is he saying? Give it to him and let him do it. You cannot do it in your own power. Give it to Jesus and let him do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And the amazing thing about it is in the Baptist church, we end, a lot of us end it with this scripture right here in Jude. To him who's able to keep mm-hmm. you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling. And present you faultless before his glorious majesty. He'll present you before himself. He said he'd do it with exceeding joy mm-hmm. to the only wise God, mm-hmm. our Savior. To mm-hmm. him, all glory, matters, and meaning, and power now forevermore. The only wise God, he's the one that's going to present you. You can't do it on your own. Let him do it. You can't do it on your own. You can't stop being an alcoholic on your own. You can't stop being an adulterer on your own. You can't stop being a whore mug on your own. You can't stop being a crackhead on your own. The prostitute, God has to give you the strength. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So open up your heart right now and ask him to come into your heart so that he can heal your heart. You cannot be healed on your own. You're going to continue to be thirsty until you drink of the well of Jesus Christ. You're trying to fill it with men. You're trying to fill it with women. You're trying to fill it with alcohol. You're trying to fill it with weed, drugs, or whatever. But the only way you're going to ever be satisfied is to let Jesus come into your heart. I promise you, it's not working. Try him. Try him. You know what I want to say? Try Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, that's 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 spot on, Max. That that's spot on. You you, you have to you have to give it. Got to give it to Jesus. Got to. It's 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 no mystical magical thing. It's a relationship that you develop with him. 
I, I like the scripture. I like the scripture in Jeremiah 33 and 3. It says, if you call out to me, <clears throat> I will show you great and mighty things you know not of. I say, well, God, listen, hmm. I need you to give me some insight, some revelation about my life. I'm already being challenged by the enemy. Open my mind. You know, I even pray sometimes, Max, God, expand my brain. I know it's not working at its full, fullest capacity. Yeah. Expand it. I, I need to think. I need to think better. Yeah. You know, it's just certain things that God has the ability to do that man cannot, a self-help book cannot, only God can do things. And that's why it is so imperative that we have a real authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Not, not a relationship that mama or daddy can say this, but I'm talking about something that you know without a shadow of doubt, that you know what me, me and God have a relationship that goes beyond what others might see. I think it was in 1 Samuel 16. Man looks on the outward appearance. Yeah. When he was picking David. Yeah. yeah. God, God looks at the heart. heart. Yes. Right. I tell people that's the problem. Yeah. That's the real problem. Because yeah. God know your heart. You know your heart. Wow. It was, man. It's funny how like people, and there's more than one person, have come to me. Because some people are going to be like, oh, you talking about me. I'm talking about you and somebody else. <laughs> but I ain't saying your name. People come to me and apologize because, you know, they was mad at me and they ain't know they were mad at me. But they were mad at me because they said, I'm busy. I do this and I do that and you just doing too much. And I was mad at God because you were doing too much. So you mad at me for my own life. All right. Because I'm doing it. Some of the stuff I do, I don't want to do. All right. But when I submit to God, he give me the energy to do what I'm supposed to do. And the insight. Right. Exactly. And everything I do, if it don't fit the vision, I don't do it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I keep my energy, all my stuff related. When I'm doing something, when I was running NWCP and everything, I could do the NWACP, TPBA, New Beach Grove, Virginia about the second vision. I can do all them things that have one event and partner all those groups up because they all fit the vision. Now, all the time I couldn't do it, you know, but for a lot of times they could, I could connect the dots and do one event for all events, for all of those organizations because I only say yes to what fit my vision. Mm -hmm. And so when you operate in your vision, God gives you the energy. Plus, he says, if you favor over a few things, mm -hmm. I'll make you rule over many things. Really, big things, nothing but a whole bunch of little things put together. Put together. And the thing about it is, because I'm faithful over it, then when I start another, I'm ready because I got to get the rhythm. Right. So like when I first, it's like double dutch. I'm in rhythm. I'm in rhythm. I'm ready. Then when it's time for me to get another one, I got to wait. Uh, uh, uh. Then jump in. Let me catch that. All right, time for me to get the other one. Well, let me hold this down for a minute. Let me get this rhythm. Okay, okay. I can jump in now. And once it gets going, the momentum. I mean, Mads will tell you any object in motion tends to stay in motion. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in motion, I'm going to be able to keep going and keep that momentum. The devil can't stop me because I'm moving. Press toward the market is holy call. It means you got to keep going. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher, which means you got to take care of the in-between times. Exactly. You got to keep pressing toward the mark. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving and faint not. If you keep pressing toward the mark, it's going to eventually come to pass, but you have to keep moving. And so many people stop moving and most of the people start moving. I realize because they're looking at somebody else's life. Right. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Do what God called you to do. I don't have time. I don't even know people be mad at me. 
I don't even know what you're thinking about because I don't care. I got too much stuff to do for God for me to be thinking about you. And that's how your life should be. You should be so focused on whatever God has you do because it's big. I don't care how small you think you are. God is an exceeding God. He would do exceedingly abundantly above whatever you can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in you. He has something big for you and you have to do it. It's bigger than you. And the problem is you got to stop being mad at everybody because God will never give you something you can do just by yourself. Now, I'm not saying go find people. He'll send you who needs to be a part of your vision. But your vision is always going to be so big that you're not going to be able to do it. If it don't keep you up at night sometimes, that ain't of God. If it don't make you nervous sometimes, that's not God. That's you. Anytime you can do something on your own and it don't even take you no effort, that is not a vision from God. Yeah, you can sing every day. That's your gift. I get it. But when God gives you a vision, I'm saying, because some of y'all are like, well, I can sing that. That, that, may not, that. that ain't your whole vision. God has something purposeful for you to do. And it's bigger than you. It's bigger than your little circle. Is bigger than any thought that you ever had because God would do exceedingly abundantly above whatever you can ask, think, or even imagine. He's bigger than your daggone imagination. He's bigger than stuff that you imagine that you think you can't do. He's going to do something bigger than that. But a lot of us can't do it because we keep worrying about everybody else, judging everybody else. And apparently, according to Dr. Porter, you judging yourself too. <laughs> <laughs> You judge everybody and yourself. Stop worrying about it. Press toward the market, his holy call. And if you start chasing what God wants you to chase, you won't be thinking about everybody else around you. It's, it's too big, man. So stop judging me. Stop judging you. Stop judging your mama, your ex-husband, your ex-wife. And just do whatever God has called you to do. Anyway, man, go ahead and close this out, man. Well, well listen, that, that, was, that, that, was, that was great because it, it only helps you. Uh, move forward and I think that's what life is about life is about being able to make the adjustment and move forward I think Paul said it I became all things to all people to reach them that's really just adjusting I'm just adjusting to do what I need to do you have to adjust for your goals you have to adjust for your your vision if you get a bad doctor's report you don't want to be on medicine do what you have to do to adjust your life if you learn to adjust your life, you can adjust your future. Mm. If you actually say, you know what, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be here. Adjust it. Mm. Adjust it. Do what you have to do. God has given you the ability. He is giving you the power. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power. To the power that works with you. Simple definition of power is the ability to get the job done. You have to remind yourself daily that you have the power to get the job done, mm -hmm. whatever it is. You have the power to forgive yourself. You have the power to move on. Mm. You have the power to ask God for forgiveness. And once we do that, our minds are shifting and we're able to adjust. And now we start seeing ourselves differently. We start actually seeing ourselves and we begin to talk the way God has intended for us to talk. It's recorded in the book of Joshua, chapter number one, when he tells Joshua after Moses' death, he says, listen, I need you to meditate on my word. That word meditates translated into murmur. That means I need you to talk the word to yourself. I need you to remind yourself what I said about you. Reverend. I, I need you to talk to yourself. Mm. You talk to yourself. Mm. 
And when you talk to yourself, I just want you to remind yourself what I've said about you. Reverend. Yes. Got a, that sermon, man. That, that that not sermon, that word, man. His word would not return to your boy. You got to say no weapon for and against you shall prosper. You got to say you fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to say you the head and not the tail above and not beneath the lender and not the borrower. You got to say by his stripes you heal. You got to start finding yourself in the scripture and speak yourself where you need to be. Because like he said in the beginning, the power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. You know who tongue you got? Yours. Wherever you go, there you are. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So keep murmuring it. Keep talking it to yourself. Don't just come to church and open your Bible. Open your Bible throughout the week and read it to yourself and speak that word because faith comes by hearing. Not having heard, but hearing, which means you got to constantly hear it all the time to make sure that your faith is ignited. So look here. Murmur to yourself the word of God and watch him elevate your life. Stop murmuring your words. He said his word would not return to him void. He ain't say nothing about yours. So don't put your word out there. Put God's word out there and watch your life be transformed. All right? Bring the smoke. We ain't smoked that much today. But I believe God is about to elevate you so much. You're going to have some smoke coming in your life. And people are going to be mad. And remember this. When God lights you on fire, that's when the snakes come out. Because when that fire starts burning, the haters that were already hating on you, that you didn't know. Now that you operate in your anointing, they're going to have to reveal themselves and show you who they are. Alright, deuces. Hey everybody, how you doing? This book is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. And you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called Leadership Growth, The Power and the Pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the foreword. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McAuliffe, and by our Newport News Sheriff, Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willamaxwell.org or click on the links below and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country and I promise you it will bless your life.